0: I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, clinical psychologist and brain health expert, and you're listening to The Bold Life Podcast, the podcast for working moms who are feeling stressed out and overwhelmed, trying to do it all. As a working mom with big career dreams, I know what it's like to not have enough time in the day and to lack the skills and confidence to reach your goals. I have spent years understanding how our brains work and learning what holds us back from having the courage to reach our dreams. Each week I'll be sharing practical strategies to help you find more time in your day, build your confidence, fight back against mom guilt, and reach your goals. If you want to learn how to thrive both at home and at work, you're in the right place. Hello and welcome to the Bold Life Podcast. If you've ever struggled with consistency, you've started with tons of motivation and excitement on a project or a goal, then your motivation fizzles and you find yourself back on the couch, endlessly procrastinating and avoiding, then my friend, this is the episode for you. I'm joined by special guest, Dr. Peggy Malone, to talk about everything she learned through her year-long quest to discover why some habits are so hard to stick to, and she shares strategies to get started on a new habit or goal and keep your momentum over the long run. Dr. Peggy is a healthcare provider who encourages her patients every day to create better habits associated with their health and wellness. She's wife to the hilarious and heavily bearded John, with whom she takes many adventures, as well as cat mom to Amigo the ragdoll cat. She's also a human being on a mission to create better habits and routines for herself, and by doing so, she hopes to inspire others to take up the challenge with her. You can join her on these adventures every week by tuning into the Improvement Project podcast. Okay, let's dive into the show. Hello and welcome, Peggy. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks so much for having me. I'm excited to be here.
0: I'm super excited for this conversation as well. So maybe if you can kick us off, tell me a little bit more about you and what got you interested in working in the area of habits.
1: Well, I'm trained as a chiropractor. And so I work as a healthcare provider working with patients. And I've been doing that for 19 years. And that is something that sort of always has allowed me to kind of scratch the itch of helping people to take on better habits and routines for themselves. For my own self, I've always had really big goals. And I've always been sort of excited to jump in uh, and do whatever took me to the next awesome place when I was a younger person. So I would move from one adventure to the next and check things off a list. I was like a big build the list girl. Right. So I did travels and marathons and school and degrees and a couple of Ironman triathlons. And um, and then after I did all of that sort of adventuring and um, I guess crazy time in my life, which was fun and amazing, I settled into a normal life that had routine. And I found that I really struggled to maintain healthy habits just because they were good for me as a human being living life, rather than because they were part of the bigger short term adventure goal, whatever. it right. Might be. Right. So that was really in conflict with the lessons that I was teaching my patients every day in my office about healthy habits around posture and exercise and nutrition, because all of those things are things that you want to do every day and have locked in from now until forever. So I obviously, I wanted to walk the walk and talk the talk for my patients. So slowly, through a lot of reading, I started to take my own advice. And along the way, I got really interested, even more so in why do people do the things they do or why they don't do the things they do. And then I have a girl in my life who was a patient and then sort of transitioned to becoming a good friend of mine. And she was doing these habit challenges. Her name is Jenny. And she and I started the podcast, The Improvement Project, together. And at the very beginning of the podcast, we did a year of monthly habit challenges. So we picked a, mo- a habit challenge for each month and did it for a year. And it was really a cool way to engage in that whole why do we do things uh, and what habits are the things that get locked in and why. Um, so that has been a learning for sure. And then since then, Jenny's kind of take, taken a step back from the podcast and I continue in you know a couple of years later to continue to learn um, and as much as I can keep digging into habits, routines, self-development, and I try to apply it to my own life and then share it with others along the way. So one of the cool side effects of this experiment in my own personal growth is that I have attracted an audience and they are interested as well in personal growth, in their own improvement and their own habits and routines. And it's kind of become a little bit of a community project, which is cool. And so I still love working with my patients one-on-one in my practice. But I also love the fact that technology in 2021 has allowed me to share some of these concepts and learnings in a bigger way and to create what I hope is a bigger impact. So that's kind of what's brought me to here. And that's how I got interested in the Habits.
0: I love that. I agree. It has been a great year in some ways, right? And that we've had this opportunity to reach more people and more people are comfortable online and more people are listening to podcasts and watching videos and, and learning. And I know that's something a lot of folks have really dedicated some time throughout 2020 and quarantine to. So that's fantastic that you're able to be a part of that. I want to go back just a second. Something that you mentioned was that when you made that transition from kind of having like a, like a short term goal, lifestyle and some pretty big short-term goals like athletic pursuits and and travel and then to having that more of a routine and how that was a hard transition for you. Can you talk more about that and, and why you struggled there?
1: Well, for about 12 years of my young life, I never lived in the same place for more than eight months at a time. Just because it was school and then home, and then I worked at a camp and then I went traveling and then I you know when I finished chiropractic school, I went and worked in Australia for a year, and all of these it was amazing because it was like something new, something novel, I'm learning something, everything is amazing. Then I get into this place where it's like, oh, I'm not going anywhere, and I had to kind of settle into this is my routine now, okay, what does that mean? What does it mean for me as as a human, what is my identity now? It's not the girl that's like, what's the next adventure? So, you know, obviously that's kind of, I think what a lot of people do as they, you know, turn it, turn into their adult years, they have to right. come into this place. where you're comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> with uh, so, you know, I guess probably it happened kind of organically, but it was a bit of a bumpy ride for me because I had, you know, I was very privileged to have lots more of the adventures at that, that younger part of my adult years. Um. Yeah, I'm not sure what else I should say about that. Do you have that's, any other No, specifics?
0: that's great. Yeah, I, I, I think that's a struggle for a lot of us is that we're pretty good at those short-term goals, right? If we have like a thing that we're working for, then it's easy to stick on track. Like exercise, for example. A lot of us set um, exercise and health goals because we have a thing that we want to do. Like we want to yes. run a race or you know, participate in this activity. But then like you mentioned, keeping in those day-to-day habits is a bigger struggle.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that I do now, and this might be helpful to kind of explain the shift in my identity and my brain is that instead of thinking about, oh, I've got a, you know, a 10K race or half marathon coming up. I think about my future self. I think about my 75 year old self taking the groceries out of the car. So that's what I'm training for now. And it's harder to motivate yourself for that because it's so far down the road. But I know that in terms of you know, the strength of my body and the way that I can have a really great quality of life moving forward. These daily habits are so important for me to get locked in so that I can enjoy my life now, but also my future self will have a better chance of having a good quality of life. So those are the things that I try and focus on.
0: Yeah. And do you have any strategies that you recommend to folks for doing that? Because I know that's a hard shift to make, right? To thinking like 40, 50 years in the future. That's really hard for our brains to do. Any tips?
1: Yeah, I I don't really have any specific okay. tips. I think probably it's worthwhile even just doing that mental exercise of imagining yourself in the future, which maybe a lot of people don't do. So even that alone could be a tip. Like just imagining yourself as a 75 or an 80-year-old human, and this is assuming you're younger than that at the moment, Right. Um, whatever, whatever your future self is, 5, 10, 30 years in the future, just even thinking, what will she be doing then? And what do I need to lock in now so that that will be likely to be something that can be successful for her. So I, I guess probably there's some benefit in that visualization technique of thinking about mm-hmm. your future self.
0: Yeah, I think so too. I am a huge fan of visualization. I'm a just a visual learner. So everything I do is visual like that. And I think there's some pretty great research on that being a great strategy is just imagining you know, who you want to be in the future. And one thing you mentioned too, you brought up kind of identity. And I, I know I've had Someone uh, share with me before that a great way to stay focused in terms of habits and goals is to think about your goal in terms of your identity. For example, I'm a person who exercises regularly, and tying it to our sense of self can be a really great motivator too.
1: Well, sure, and like let me dig into this a little bit more because this is something that I love. So, a good place to start with this is to consider, just like you said, contrary to the popular belief, habits are more about who you are being than what you are doing so this is when we bring that identity piece into it so it's kind of a brain twister but i like to use one of my online pretend best friends james clear he's the author of the book atomic habits and he can help me explain this a little bit so he says that we stay stuck in the habits that we don't want because we're focused on trying to change the wrong thing so he explains this because he has three levels at which habit change can occur and he encourages you to think of those levels kind of like the layers of an onion And so the first layer is about changing your outcomes. And so this is like changing your results. So this is what most of us, when we're setting a goal, we would think about. So at New Year's resolution time, we might think, oh, I want to lose weight or I want to eat healthier or I want to run a half marathon. So those are outcomes, things that you'll get results from. So then the second layer is about changing your process. And that's about changing systems. So implement a new routine at the gym, that's a new process or a new system, or decluttering your desk for better workflow, that's a new system, Uh, or incorporating a meditation practice into your morning routine, a new system. So most healthy habits that all of us already have locked in are related to some process or system or routine that we already have in place. And then, and this is where it gets interesting, and this is what we were talking about, the third and the deepest level is about changing your identity. So this level is about changing what you believe. And that's why it's so hard. Changing your worldview, your self-concept, your self-image, changing your judgments about yourself, changing your judgments about other people. So ultimately what it comes down to are the outcomes are what you get, the processes are what you do, and the identity is what you believe. So instead of thinking to yourself, you know, I'm going to exercise and lose weight, you think to yourself, I'm the kind of person who exercises every day. And that's the difference. And it seems subtle, but it very, it's very powerful when you can think about who you want to be versus what do I want to do? And most humans, I think, you know, especially if we're type A, we are show me what to do. Show me how, what do I right. do, right? Like, yeah. give me, just tell me what to do and I'll do it. But and really, we can do that. But at that kind of motivation, when you do something, it only lasts for a while because most people can muster up the motivation to go to the gym for a couple of days or to eat healthy for maybe a week or so. But anything that lasts longer that becomes locked in for those forever habits is really related to who you are, what your identity is. If you believe that you are the kind of person that eats healthy and exercises regularly, you're way more likely to be the person who does those things consistently without having to keep falling back into, you know, what do I do?
0: Right. Yeah, I really like that. I actually have not read this book. It's been on my reading list forever, oh, so I'm going to bump it up. Get after it. It's so good. Yes, I know. Because I, like I said, I had a, a friend and colleague who who shared some of that model with me a while ago, and I was like, Oh my gosh, like this is. This is totally right. And I had never really thought about it like that before and about it absolutely makes sense what you're saying. If our, if our motivation is external, if it's these outcomes that we want, it's hard to maintain that over the long run. But we know in terms of how our brains work is once something becomes part of our beliefs about ourself, it's, it's easier for us to stick with it because in, in psychology, we talk about this um, concept called dissonance. I've talked about it on the show before, but it's basically when, when we're doing something that's inconsistent with our beliefs and our values, our brain says like, eh, this feels icky, right? It feels uncomfortable. So if my belief is I'm a person who exercises regularly, when I'm not exercising, my brain's going to be like, eh, this feels uncomfortable, Nicole, better get your butt to the gym. Does that make sense?
1: Yeah, that's cool.
0: Yeah, it's yeah, really interesting. I love that. So I also want to hear a little bit more, if you don't mind, about how you started your podcast and those initial habit challenges you did. What were some oh. of the things that you guys tried?
1: Okay. So at the beginning, we sort of just did like the basics, which was make your bed, drink more water, floss your teeth. And it was just kind of giving people sort of like those first baby sips of if you want to lock in some healthy habits here are some things that you could try every day. And um, the making your bed one, there's like a famous example of this um, guy who did a commencement speech. And of course the story would be better if I could remember his name, but he talks about the fact that um, by making your bed, it creates a loop that is sort of like, I've completed this one loop, of right. getting something done, which makes me, and, and ultimately, you would know about this way more than me. Like that hit of dopamine that allows me to go, "Oh, I've done something. I feel as though now I can move on to the next thing. I feel motivated to keep moving." There's something about that completed loop that wants you to keep on moving. So that that whole first month was just about the basics of floss your teeth, drink more water. Um, and make your bed, and then we moved on from there to regular exercise for a month, uh, healthy eating habits. Then we got into things that were sort of more interesting. We did some relationship habits, and we read the each month we read a book that sort of went along with the theme of whatever the habits challenge was. So in the relationship month, we read um, the five love languages, and then we practiced whether we had romantic partners or not. We practiced each of the five love languages with people in our lives, and it was cool because for me at the time, I was like, this is not something I would normally think about practicing habits yeah. for relationships is a neat concept. And it was really awesome for me. And I think for the listeners as well. Um, we did habits around sleep. We did one really interesting one, which was habits around our digital devices. And we did a digital detox um, as part of that monthly habit challenge. And that was really cool. It's eye opening. And again, like we're all addicted to our phones and our devices. It was eye opening yes. to to not number one, understand that. And then number two, to build in habits that allow us to use the devices in a way that's, um, functional and healthy for us, because we, you know, we all want to connect with the outside world, especially in pandemic times when we can't see people in, uh, in real life, but then also to be able to set boundaries so that we're using them in a way that's not wrecking our brains and causing all sorts of issues. Um, and we did one month, um, as well, which was sort of about mental habits where we, uh, we did a no complaining month and we really tried to focus on what are the the stories that we're telling ourselves? What are the words that are coming out of our mouths that might be negative, that might be contributing to what we're creating in our lives? Those words that we say and think about most of the time are the things that show up in our lives ultimately. So that was a really neat habit challenge as well. So we sort of went from sort of the basics of, here's a habit trigger. And here's the what happens when you do a habit, which is great and cool. But I'm way more interested, as I said, in why do people do the things they do? And for what, you know, what can we do to help manipulate that process or better it for people? So then that's when we got into more interesting habit challenges. So we did that through the whole year. um, And those episodes are all still available if people are interested in, in finding our journey as we went through the habit challenges, it was neat.
0: Yeah, that's fantastic. I love that. Everyone go check out the Improvement Project. I think those sound like fantastic episodes to listen to. And I especially like how you started with kind of what we think of when we think of habits. Because a lot of times when I talk to folks about habits, that's what we think of, right? Is we think of like brushing our teeth. Or if I say like, you know, are you struggling with your habits? People think of things like, well, I don't smoke or I don't drink or, you know, I take care of myself, so I'm doing okay. But there are so many of those other mental habits that we get into. Definitely. Yeah. So it sounds like a a great learning experience. And yes, folks should definitely check it out if you're wondering about how to tweak some of those habits. Was there anything kind of throughout that whole year project, any real takeaway messages when it comes to habits, any strategies that worked really good, for example?
1: Well, what um, I learned the most, and I think for me personally, so my friend Jenny, I always refer to her as my disciplined accountability partner, because she very much was the one that sort of at the beginning kept us on track. And I at the time and still really operate best when I have external accountability. I am somebody who is a an obliger. I am somebody who likes somebody else to be there to say, hey, like I'm going to meet you for exercise at 6 a.m. If I know somebody's waiting for me, I'll be there. If I'm supposed to get out of bed and do that myself, likely I'm still under the covers. So at the beginning of this process, I really needed that. I needed the external accountability and it was an excellent strategy. And I still recommend it for most people as they're getting started, especially if they feel like that might be something that will help is to build in accountability, whether it's an accountability buddy or hiring a mentor or a coach to help you with your habits, because those are things that can be extremely powerful to be like, hey, come on, let's go. And eventually, and this is something that I have, and I feel very excited about it and proud of myself because I have over these three years of doing this podcast, I'm now in a space where I have built in more self-accountability. One of the sort of, I guess, ironic, but kind of cool things about doing a podcast about habits is that up until doing this podcast, the things that I was consistent about, and this goes back to me, like getting into a, a, like a routine life was that I would take care of my patients, I would eat and I would sleep and everything else was sort of like when I felt like it. Right. But this podcast, this uh this week episode 155 will go out and for 155 weeks in a row I have not missed a week. So this consistency with the podcast has been a habit in itself that is kind of neat that is the most I guess probably cool feat of strength that I've done in my adult life to stay consistent with something. So um that's what I've taken out of out of this process and um and it started with accountability. And for most people I think accountability is a really great place to start if you are struggling yes. to get going.
0: Yes, absolutely. Having, like you said, whether it's a friend or a coach or a mentor or, you know, even just Some of the suggestions I sometimes give are things like setting alarms for yourself or putting it in your schedule so you can't skip it, right? Like I put my exercise times in my calendar every week when I'm planning because then I know that time is committed and I can hold myself more accountable. Just like you said, otherwise, I'm like, meh, like other things (laughs) come up and like, let's put this off. To next week, right? I also love that consistency has been something that comes up because I think that's something that a lot of us struggle with is really that long term consistency. So if you're on episode 155, like that's three years. Yeah. A podcast. Just
1: coming up on three years now.
0: Yeah. And, For a lot of us, I know we talked about this earlier too, but it's easier to stay on track for those short-term goals. It's hard to keep that consistency up. Are there any kind of habits or strategies that you found really help with maintaining that consistency?
1: Well, I think um, there's something magic about making a chain. And this is something that a lot of the habits books will talk about. Like if you exercise once or twice, and then you don't do it for two weeks, and then you exercise once, and then you don't do it for two weeks, you'll be less motivated. But if you build a chain of like 14 or 15 or 20 days in a row, you'll be less likely to want to break your chain. So the fact that you can start to, at the beginning, it's hard. And that's where the accountability comes in. But then you start to add, break, have a chain. You don't want to break it. So for me now, to break a 155-week chain, I would feel very right. sad. And there have been weeks where I look at my husband, John, and I'm like, I just don't want to do it this week. I just don't feel like it. I'm like, maybe I'll just skip it this week. And he's so good. He just goes, okay, well, how are you going to feel about it tomorrow? And I'm like, okay, I'm going to do it. Yeah. So yeah, I think that not breaking the chain, that's really helpful. Maybe you have some that you have in your world that you would pass on to people that to stay consistent.
0: For sure. I agree. I think, you know, having accountability to start and dedicating that time in your schedule to doing that. um, Tracking, that kind of goes along with your chain idea, right? Because I really like to track those goals. So I also love checklists and things like that because I am very organized and super type A by, by nature. Amazing. Yeah. So I, you know, if I'm trying to change a habit, I have um, like a habit tracker app that I use on my phone. And so it like reminds me every day, like, did you do this thing? And I can be like, yeah, I did this thing. And then I pull up my little calendar and like all those days are green. And I'm like, woohoo, like, look at me, I did this, right? So having those, I agree, those ways to keep that momentum can can be really helpful for consistency. Another one I love that you mentioned too, is thinking about how we'll feel if we don't do that new habit. Because I think that's, you know, I talk a lot in the, on the podcast and with folks about that is, you know, right now our brains, our brains just want to be comfortable, right? And they'll go to that default place of wanting to be the most comfortable that they can possibly be. And sometimes that's back in our old habits. And so focusing on, you know, why we want to change and how we'll feel if we don't do this or we keep doing that old habit can be a really great motivator to push us into that activity.
1: Definitely. Um, one other thing to add to this is that I mentioned my online pretend best friend, James Clear, and his book, Atomic Habits. So one of the things he has as a quote, which I love, is intensity makes a good story. Consistency gets results. So when I think about that for my own self, I think about the intensity of the six months that I trained to do one of my big races. And how, okay, that's a great story. And I did that thing, but I could train for six months and then sit on the couch and eat chips and dip for the rest of my life. That's not creating a result that I'm looking for that's going to help me carry the groceries in when I'm 75. So even though I did this crazy feat of strength exercise one time in my life, That intensity is not what's going to get me results. So a lot of times people, when they're getting started with their habits, they'll go at it with the biggest intensity possible. And they'll be like, I'm going to do all the things. I'm going to eat the best things and move my body. And then they get so overwhelmed with everything that they have to do that then they just quit. So it's better to be consistent with the tiniest, tiniest baby step than it is to try and add all the things at once. So adding, you know, just doing one push up a day for a week is better than having the most intense exercise possible, and then not being able to walk for four days and not being able to do anything. Um, And then coming back to it. So like tiny, tiny baby steps at the beginning, and then moving your way up into sort of whatever it is that the habit is you're looking for. You can build slowly.
0: Yeah, I love it. Sometimes I tell folks to to kind of reflect on their habits that they already have and how those developed, right? And they didn't happen overnight. It's something that was built throughout their life, whether it's a positive habit or a negative habit, There are things that we learn over time. And, and we forget this, we expect that there's going to be this, you know, instant change, or we see these, you know, overnight sensations. I've been talking about that a lot, actually, this week, and we see these overnight successes. And we're like, oh my gosh, I should be able to do this instantly, too. But that's not actually the case. It's not how our brains learn. That's not how we get success. And, and that can be frustrating, because the long haul is exactly that. It's a long haul. You're aiming to be active for when I'm 75. This will pay off, and that's a hard mindset for a lot of us to get into. One book that I'm reading right now is um, Grit by Angela Duckworth.
1: Oh, it's a good one. Yes, I have that one. Yes, yes,
0: I just started it, um, but I really because that's exactly what she she looks at in her research. Right, is really perseverance and what gets us through? And how do we, on the days that are tough, and we don't want to do it, and you just want to skip recording that podcast episode today, how do we get up and keep going? How do we motivate ourselves? Um, And I know we talked about accountability as being one great strategy. I know you said your husband's kind of your like sounding board for that one, which is Fantastic as well. But do you I want to ask, do you have a favorite go-to strategy for when you're in that position, when you just don't want to do it, you feel overwhelmed, you just want to stay in bed. Is there anything you do to give yourself that first push of motivation?
1: Well, sometimes when I'm in in that place where I'm feeling overwhelmed and it just feels like there's too much and I kind of just want to go back to bed, that I, I often say I make a list. So either I make a list or what I do is um I set the alarm on my phone for 10 minutes and I take a space and I clean it up. Mm -hmm. So there's something magic about creating outer order in my space that contributes to inner calm. And then the 10 minutes is enough because if I get any, if I go any longer than that, then I've sort of lost what I'm looking for, which is that sort of quick dopamine hit the reward of I've completed something and now I'm motivated to do something else. So I write the list, which kind of organizes my thoughts and then I clean up the space. And those things are often enough to be like, okay, let's go. It's kind of like, this is something that, it, and this relates sort of, when I was doing all of my races in the past, you know that feeling beforehand right before you're about to do something big. So whether it's go on stage and do a talk or like you're about to start a big race and you feel, Ugh, and you're like, why did I do this? And why, <laughs> right? this is awful. Yeah. It's the same kind of feeling that you have when you're procrastinating. And then the thing that makes the feeling go away Starting as soon as you start the race, as soon as you start the talk, as soon as you do the thing, then that icky, overwhelming procrastination angst disappears. So, when you're in that space, I think the best thing you can do is take action, whatever that is. So, for me, that's make a list or clean up my space, and that helps me with taking action. To then, all of a sudden, motivation shows up.
0: Yeah, I love that. I totally agree on just taking action because you know, our brains, like you said, create all these stories. In our minds, right? So when I'm sitting here procrastinating, my brain is making up all these things that could go horribly wrong or the reasons I shouldn't do it. And as soon as we start taking action, it starts to challenge those thought processes, right? So whether it's writing a list, or I love the idea of just tidying up one space so you feel that outer calm that can create that inner calm too. Fantastic strategy. I love it. So, Peggy, if folks want to learn more about you or they want to work with you, where can they go to find out more?
1: Well, um, you can, wherever you listen to podcasts, find me on the Improvement Project podcast. Every week, the podcast goes live on Thursday mornings at 6 a.m. Eastern. Um, I'm on Instagram the most on the socials. You can come and find me, say hello, send me a DM. Um, My handle is at Dr. Peggy Malone. And I've also created a little habits quiz that will help you to figure out your habits personality. And it'll give you some insight into how to lock in your habits as you... Uh, lock in accountability. So how you best respond to accountability, will um, this habits quiz will give you that. And if you want to check it out and see what your habits personality is, go to drpeggymalone.com forward slash habits quiz.
0: Habits quiz. Perfect. I love quizzes. So I will definitely go check that one out as well. And I will put those links in the show notes for everyone as well. So they can take your quiz and find you more easily. Amazing. Thank you so much for being on the show, Peggy. That was fantastic.
1: Thank you for having me. It was great to be here.
0: All right, everyone, that's it for today. I'm Dr. Nicole Byers, and you're listening to the Bold Life Podcast.